48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Priscilla Ng. The headlines. The government tables its electoral reform bill to the Legislative Council for first and second readings. A barista is jailed for four and a half years for lighting a fire in Mong Kok during an anti-government protest two years ago. And the Journalists' Association has accused the government of undermining the role of the media in its plan to tighten the rules for voter registrar inspection. The government has tabled its electoral reform bill to the LegCo for the first and second readings. One of proposed amendments include making calls for election boycotts illegal. While the pan-democratic camp called the move ridiculous, Executive Council member Ronnie Tong said it is the right thing to do and people should stop making a fuss about it. Violet Wong reports. While people will continue to be free not to vote if they don't want to, and it will remain perfectly legal to cast a blank or spoiled ballot, urging anyone else to do the same will be made illegal, with offenders liable to jail terms of up to three years. Ronnie Tong told RTHK that the amendment is politically and ethically the right thing to do because the SAL government needs to respond to Beijing's demand that election sabotage be outlawed. While the government has not explained how the casting of blank ballots could manipulate an election, the executive councillor said this could be a major issue when it comes to the chief executive vote, where just 1,500 people will select the territory's top local leader. He stressed there are sufficient safeguards in the draft bill to prevent the offence from being abused. In the draft, you will see there are various inbuilt safeguards to prevent this mechanism. This offence would be abused. For example, there's a lot of leeway left open for the court to exercise its discretion to decide whether any particular activity was truly designed to incite the public to disrupt the election. Meanwhile, Democratic Party Chair Lo Kin Hei said he couldn't see the logic in banning appeals for blank folks, saying the more the authorities try to ban something, the more likely people will want to do it. A 27-year-old barrister has been jailed for four and a half years over an anti-government protest in Mong Kok in 2019, where objects were thrown and cardboard set on fire. Vicky Wong reports. District Court Judge Frankie Yu noted that the large fire Silok Ting helped alight had spread across two to three lanes at the junction of Prince Edward Road West and Nathan Road and could have seriously hurt people. But he accepted that the protest wasn't planned and demonstrators didn't charge a police cordon or throw petrol bombs. He also said the defendant admitted various allegations during the trial and saved a lot of time. He reduced sentencing on each count by six months and allowed the sentences to be carried out concurrently. Ms. Seal was earlier found guilty of two counts of arson and one of rioting. The Journalists' Association has accused the government of undermining the role of the media as a fourth estate in its proposal to tighten the rules for voter registrar inspection. The government is planning to only leave the first Chinese character or English word of a name available for inspection by journalists who've subscribed to the government news and media information system. The chairman of the Journalists' Association, Chris Young, says the change will make it very hard for journalists to report on voting irregularities. Such stories uh, have been done by journalists before to help, say, monitor irregular practices in elections, such as what we call vote planting. It was in the court last year uh, we put to the court, and both the High Court and the Appeal Court have confirmed the role of the media through, say, checking the voter to monitor the election system.
uh, to make sure that uh, it is a fair system. We deeply regret that the change of the arrangements, which is to us uh, not in line with the spirit of the court rulings. Mr. Young also expressed surprise over the exclusion of press groups from the expanded and more powerful election committee that will be tasked with picking lawmakers and the chief executive. The revamped sports, performing arts, culture and publication subsector will no longer include any press association such as the Journalists Association, the Federation of Journalists and the Press Photographers Association. Mr. Young said the move makes no sense. There's zero consultation both public or, or private about the move. We just don't see the rationale behind it because if, as the government said, the system or the election committee is a reflects a wild sections of the society, all sectors, does that mean that um, media is no longer a sector or they should not be represented in the electoral system? If so, what's the rationale? We just don't understand the rationale. No new coronavirus cases have been found after authorities tested around 780 residents in Shemcheng. Authorities sealed off Tower 2 of Lido Garden for testing overnight after confirming three local cases from the building. The hospital authority has announced a resumption of family visits to eight of its institutions from next Wednesday. A one-hour visit per week will be allowed for visitors who test negative to COVID-19. They'll need a nucleic acid test at least three days before the visit or can submit the result of a home rapid test if they've had both doses of the vaccine. Taiwan's foreign ministry says a former U.S. senator and two former State Department officials will arrive in Taiwan today. Chris Dodd, a former Democratic senator from Connecticut, is coming with two former deputy secretaries of state. The ministry did not state the purpose of the visit, but the U.S. has repeatedly expressed concern about Chinese military activity near Taiwan. The U.S. Special Climate Envoy, John Kerry, is due to become the Biden administration's first senior official to visit China today. He'll be in Shanghai discussing international efforts to tackle global warming. Here's the BBC's Roger Harbin. John Kerry's mission halfway round the world is, in his own words, absolutely critical to battle the climate crisis. Yes, we have big disagreements with China on some key issues, he told CNN, but climate has to stand alone. That's because the superpowers are also super polluters. So far, neither has formally declared targets for emissions cuts to the UN. President Biden will announce the US target at the virtual summit he's holding next Thursday and Friday. He wants China to announce exactly how it plans to reduce emissions, especially from coal. The United States, South Africa and the European Union have said they'll temporarily suspend the rollout of the Johnson & Johnson COVID jab after reports of rare blood clotting. The American Health Authorities, the FDA, said six cases were detected among more than six million Americans who had received the single-dose vaccine. All six were women aged under 50. One has died and another is in a critical condition. But the chief medical advisor, Dr. Anthony Fauci, said overall the U.S. vaccination program is safe. There have been now 120 million people that have received at least one dose of a vaccine. Tens and tens and tens of millions of people have received vaccine with no adverse effect. This is a really rare event. If you look at what we know so far, there have been six out of the 6.85 
million doses, which is less than one in a million. The white policewoman who fatally shot a 20-year-old black man near Minneapolis on Sunday has resigned, as has the local police chief. The town's mayor said he hoped the resignations of Kim Potter and Tim Gannon would bring some calm to the community where Dante Wright was killed after a traffic stop. Here's the BBC's Larry Madoov. The training provided to the Brooklyn Center Police has been questioned. How would a 26-year veteran of the police force confuse a gun and a taser? And the family pointed out today that she had about five seconds, probably longer, from the moment she drew her weapon to when she fired to have noticed her mistake. Licensed weapon holders said, I know the difference, even in the weight and the safety of a gun and a taser. So it was inevitable. Meanwhile, the defense team has begun calling witnesses in the trial of the former police officer, Derek Chauvin, who's accused of killing George Floyd 11 months ago. For Derek Chauvin's defense team, the majority of the day focused on how George Floyd died. The defense called their witness the use of force expert Barry Broad, who said the use of force on Mr. Floyd was in line with national standards. I felt that Derek Chauvin was justified, was acting with objective reasonableness following Minneapolis Police Department policy and current standards of law enforcement and his interactions with Mr. Floyd. The United States is to withdraw all its troops from Afghanistan by September the 11th this year, exactly 20 years since the 9-11 attacks on New York and Washington by al-Qaeda. White House officials say President Biden will outline later today a phased troop pullout from America's longest war. The Senate Republican leader, Senator Mitch McConnell, criticized the proposed withdrawal. Precipitously withdrawing U.S. forces from Afghanistan is a grave mistake. It is a retreat in the face of an enemy that has not yet been vanquished, an abdication of American leadership. A reckless pullback like this would abandon our Afghan regional and our NATO partners in a shared fight against terrorists that we've not yet won. France says it's coordinating an international response to Iran's declaration that it's moving closer to producing weapons-grade uranium, describing it as a serious development. Washington called the move provocative, but the White House press secretary, Jen Psaki, said they would continue to engage with Iran at indirect talks. We have been engaged constructively in what we felt was constructive dialogue last week, even as it was indirect, in Vienna. While they were difficult and while we expect this to be long, we expect and we have not been alerted of any change in planned attendance in the meetings that will resume later this week. So we are certainly concerned about these provocative announcements, but our goal remains seeing through a diplomatic process, which we expect to resume in Vienna later this week. President Joe Biden has phoned the Russian president, Vladimir Putin, to stress Washington's unwavering support for Ukraine's territorial integrity amid concerns about Russian troops massing on the border. The U.S. Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, who held talks at NATO headquarters in Brussels with his Ukrainian counterpart, said the military buildup was unacceptable. The United States stands firmly uh, behind the uh, sovereignty and territorial integrity of of Ukraine. We're seeing, unfortunately, uh, Russia uh, take uh, very provocative actions uh, when it comes to Ukraine. We're now seeing the largest concentration of Russian forces on Ukraine's borders since 2014. Russia has accused NATO and the U.S. of turning the region into a powder keg. 
Egypt is demanding $900 million from the owners of the giant tanker that got stuck in the Suez Canal as a condition of its release. An Egyptian court has ordered that the Ever Given be seized until its Japanese owners compensate the Suez Canal Authority for the cost of moving the ship and revenue lost during the six-day blockage. Now, a quick look at finance. A short while ago, the Hang Seng Index was trading at 28,905 points. That's 401 points up on the previous close. Currencies and the U.S. dollar is trading at 108.86 yen. The euro is trading at 1 U.S. dollar and 19 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 69 cents. In sports, Chelsea and Paris Saint-Germain are the first teams through to the last four in football's European Champions League, while the holders, Bayern Munich, are out. Bayern won the second leg of their quarterfinal 1-0 in Paris. The aggregate score was 3-all, meaning PSG progressed on away goals. Details from the BBC's John Bennett. Neymar was the star man for Paris Saint-Germain in a second leg full of tension. In the first half, he forced two good saves from Manuel Neuer and hit the woodwork twice. But at the other end, just before the break, Bayern were right back in the tie. Eric Maxim Chupamoteng heading in from close range. In the second half, Bayern had plenty of the ball, but struggled to find the final pass. Leroy Sané did pick out Thomas Muller in the box, but Kaylor Navas made a good block. And PSG kept looking dangerous on the break, with the excellent Kylian Mbappe having a goal ruled out for offside. An absorbing Champions League quarter-final, and after knocking out Barcelona and now Bayern Munich, PSG will feel this could be their year. Chelsea will face the winners of the quarter-final tie between Liverpool and Real Madrid. Tonight, Liverpool go into the second leg trailing 3-1. Despite being the underdogs, Liverpool boss Jurgen Klopp says his side must go for it. When you're 3-1 down, it looks like you're already out. That means you have not, not a lot to lose, let me say like this. So we will give it a try. I think that's the job we have to do and that's exactly how we will go for it. As a result of the performances of the night, they were better than us. We were not as good as we should have been or could have been. Uh, but it's the first half of the leg. Manchester City traveled to Germany with a 2-1 advantage over Borussia Dortmund ahead of their quarterfinal second leg. At the same stage last year, City were knocked out by the French side Lyon. Manager Pep Guardiola was asked about their inconsistent performances in the competition. Business is business and business is win. And if they win, I will be a failure. And if we win, then it will be uh, how good is Pep. And I rotate 27 games. The first time we lose with a rotate, you tell me why I rotate the team. So if I win, the decision is good. When I don't win, the decision is bad. And that's the news from RTHK. All of us hope to live in a stable environment. National security is essential for the prosperity of society. Upholding national security for harmonious and better living requires the concerted efforts of all who love the country and Hong Kong. Improve electoral system. Ensure patriots administering Hong Kong. April the 15th, National Security Education Day. Uphold national security. Safeguard our home. To know more, please visit www.nsed.gov.hk. The Employees Retraining Board has newly launched the third phase of the Love Upgrading Special Scheme to help the unemployed or underemployed enhance their skills. There is no restriction on educational attainment. Up to 450 courses are offered free of charge with a special allowance at a monthly maximum of $5,800.
Free enterprise-based training is provided. For details, please call 182-182 or visit erb.org.
afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday, the 14th of April, is today's date. And a big thank you for filling.